What's up, homies? I'm Erica. I'm Roshane J. And we are very, very excited to have you guys hanging out with us today as we talk about a movie that has been requested a couple of times here. Uh, today, we are talking about The Conjuring, which is so good. Right? I was going to say. It's so good. <laughs> I was going to say, this movie... You know, I, I don't think I've honestly watched this movie since 2013 when it first came out. Like, I think I watched it like once or twice. And coming yeah. back to it, this movie still spooked me, man. Like, I was, I was yeah. still so spooked by this movie. I forgot how stressful this movie was. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, why am I like so, why am I so stressed out? Why are my palms sweaty? Why are my knees weak? Why are my arms heavy? <laughs> like, I just, I was like, ooh, I don't know. I know what happens in this movie. But it still scared me. I still jumped at the same, it's the same parts. They got me again at the same parts over every single time I watch it. I still get spooked by the same parts and I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> it's like you can reasons. see them coming and still you can't do anything about it. They just get yeah. you. Yeah. It's like it's like falling for the same joke over, <laughs> over and, over. and over again. Like yeah, like when people do that, well they don't anymore cuz like why would they? But you know when you're younger and I feel like this is like a really dad thing to do where they're like, "Hey, what's that on your shirt?" and you look just down look and down, like, just give you that little flick. You know? Yeah. Like, mm. It feels like that. Yeah. Just I, like disrespectful. I feel equally about that that I do with um, my siblings and older parents tying my shoelaces together and thinking it was Ooh. funny to uh, watch me trip. And then this was obviously before <laughs> I learned how to tie my shoes. I would say, hey, that's not fun. And they're like, okay. They untie it, retie it. And somehow I just don't notice and I just fall again. And, you know, I think we can talk about the movie because I'm going into some repressed things that I don't really want to get into right now. <laughs> Wait, okay, but speaking of repressed things, um, before we get into the movie, I just have to – okay, watching this movie made me unlock a memory that oh. was in a part of my brain that I have not thought about in a very long time, and I just have to talk about it. Yes, because, please. Because it's my only – like, it's the only, like, quote, unquote – haunted house story that i have Ooh, oh i'm super excited now you have to tell the story <laughs> but it's really um i don't want to give too okay just just follow my thread guys and just realize how dumb i am so <laughs> well but first of all before we get into my story do you have any um haunted house stories any spooky spooky ghosts in your house Never, never haunted house stories. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and I'm very glad for that. I don't know how I would honestly right. mentally handle dealing with real life paranormal activity. But I've also felt kind of left out because I haven't had that experience. So I'm a yeah. little I'm a little in between there. Like, I don't want it to happen. But if it did happen, I'd feel a part of something greater, you know? Yeah, because it'd be cool. It'd be kind of cool to 
like pull out. Yeah, I want I want to have like, that haunted story. Like yeah. I've, I've met a lot of people with those stories, and I'm like, man, I want one of those because they're always so interesting. And you're like, wow, it's like a cool, it's a cool story to pull out when you're, it's like late at night and mm-hmm. everyone's drinking, and you're like, so. I, I saw a ghost one time. Everyone automatically is going to be like, what the fuck? Tell me now. Yeah, what but- the fuck? Tell me now, Erica. <laughs> Tell, me Tell me about everything. this ghost that you saw in this story that you are definitely trying to buy time to tell. Erica, tell the people. We <laughs> okay, want to hear this story. So, first of all, let me make sure that I never – did me or Shante or Ebbs ever tell you the story about when we lived at our apartment? Um, the one that we lived. So me and two of my friends, we lived in an apartment when we were in school, and it was right off of Hollywood. And like the it was first, literally like it a, was the first place that you guys lived, right? Yeah, that place, the place where that we, used that to we watch had all the, the movie nights. Yes, but also the place that we had all the dope Halloween parties. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Did we ever tell you about anything spooky happening there? No, and I'm getting a little sus that you didn't now, knowing how many times I was over at this place, but please continue. <laughs> no, well, you'll find out why. Okay. So, um, okay. So, yeah. So, me and two of my friends, we lived in this apartment right, up, right by our school, and it was a great apartment. Like, <laughs> it was great for college kids because everybody that lived there was our age. So you could be loud. You could kind of just do whatever. Super close to school. You could walk to school. Like, it was great. It was it expensive. Was a good spot. It was a good but, spot. But, like, what are you going to do? It's Hollywood. Yeah. But um, so we lived there. And <laughs> um, there was one night where... So, like, me and me and Ebony shared a room, and then our friend Shantae, like, had a separate room. Mm-hmm. And so there was one night where, <laughs> where Ebony was like... I don't like these it, nervous laughs. I want you to know that they're making me <laughs> nervous. No, it's just... It's so silly. Like, so okay. there was one night that Ebony was like, man, I keep hearing... I swear I keep hearing scratches. And me and Shantae were like, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) But so then it was late at night. We were kind of falling asleep. The lights were off. And I heard them too. I started hearing scratches. Oh, no. But then it it got quiet. So then it's we started to – because our door was closed. We started to hear the doorknob jiggling. And – so we were like, Shantae, what are you doing? But it wasn't her. She was in her room. Oh, no. Um, she was either in her room or she wasn't there at first. But either way, it wasn't her because we went and looked and it wasn't her. So it ended up with the three of us staying up all night because for hours, all we heard was the doorknob would jiggle and then it would stop. Oh, and then we God, would hear scratches no. and then it would stop. And all three of us were kind of like, what is going on? But nobody wanted to really, like, say any. Nobody wanted to be the one to be like, it's a ghost. Yeah. So all of us were just kind of like, what? So this was also around the time that I started to have sleep paralysis, which Oof. I don't know if oh, you've I've ever had that. Had that. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. I, I so, have a very specific um, 
Sleep paralysis story, yeah, but continue, continue. (laughs) So for anybody that doesn't know, sleep paralysis is like when you're like – your brain basically wakes up before your body is ready. And so your muscles aren't fully awake yet. So you can't move. But then also like you're still kind of dreaming. Mm-hmm. So it's terrifying. It, it really is. It's really, really scary. So I had a sleep paralysis dream. I fell asleep on the couch. I woke up. It was the first time it had ever happened to me. So I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I woke up. And I saw this tall, shadowy figure standing silhouette style in the hallway. Mm. And then I heard these voices, which later on when I was logically thinking, it was just the voices of people in the hallway. But to me, it was the voice of the shadowy figure. And I was like, this is it. I'm gonna <laughs> die. And I have all this school debt. What am I gonna do? <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, okay, cool. Finally, my body wakes up and I just run like I just book it to the room. Uh-huh. So then a couple nights later, I'm like me, all three of us are in the kitchen. And I had this, I had this bag of bread that I used to put on top of the fridge for some reason. Like that's just where I kept my bread. And I'm like pulling my bread down to make a sandwich. We're all talking and laughing and having a good time. And I look at my bread and there's like a hole, like right in the middle of my bread. And and I pulled a single slice of it out because there was, it was like there was no holes. And then there was one piece of bread that had a hole Mm -hmm. and I pulled that piece of bread out and I held it in front of me and I went what is this (laughs) and then all three of us just stared at it and then we all just started screaming and I threw the bread up in the air and I don't know why we started (laughs) screaming (laughs) I don't know why that was so scary to us but I think it was just the culmination of everything that was happening that that, that was after you guys had had the scratch night right yes that was after the scratch night if if <laughs> I'm sure some of you have probably figured out what our ghost actually was. Mm-hmm. But needless to say, we discovered a little bit later on that the ghost was actually a mouse when it ran across Shantae's foot <laughs> a couple <laughs> days later. And then and so yeah, the mouse had gotten into my bread and then it eaten a hole in it and then the scratching and the door jiggling that we had heard was actually because the mouse had gotten trapped in our closet and was trying to scratch its way out and its scratching was causing the doorknob to jiggle. Mm. Um, But for a week, we really did think that we were haunted. So much so that I told people that I was pretty sure that there was a ghost in our apartment. (laughs) But... It was such a good apartment that we didn't want to leave. And we were like, how are we going to find another apartment? In this economy, we're college students. Are you kidding? Like, we were like, <laughs> we got to stay. <laughs> we've got we've to stay here. So, um, Honestly, yeah, that's like the only thing I have that even equates to this. And it's like not even a thing. I don't know. I feel like that, that story is actually pretty spot on <laughs> for the context of a movie. <laughs> like, it, it feels like The Conjuring Light. Just like the mouse edition, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like if things had progressed a little bit more and we didn't know that it was a mouse, maybe we would have called in a 
par- some paranormal would you, experts. Would you have really, like, if you never found that slice of bread, do you think that you would have gone that route and be like, you know what? We just got to we gotta bless this place. We got to light the oh. stage. Like, No. Well, I think that we ended up doing that. I'm pretty sure that we went to a store um, on Hollywood Boulevard and bought, like, sage. We, like, smudged the apartment and stuff we we did end up doing that before we knew it was the mouse we went and like lit some candles did the whole smudging thing um so we were like working our way up to it i don't think we would have hired anybody Mm because that was just way too that would have been way too expensive right so i think we just accepted like what was i think we were just kind of like if this is all it does like if if the worst that the ghost does is keep us up late at night and eat some of my bread like i'm okay i'm okay with it i think is what we thought (laughs) but you know (laughs) but we didn't end up getting that far so in in your defense though i will say that at least for me i feel like both seeing a ghost or like seeing like a supernatural experience and having a rat or a mouse run across my foot would probably invoke the same level of fear within my body, mm-hmm. like regardless. Like I think the scream that would leave my body would be the same for both these instances. That's yeah, that's very true. It's because I like, <laughs> I do not like mice. If I find a mouse in my house, yeah. I am on that chair. I am that person. I do mm-mm. somebody else that's, is dealing with yeah. that. That's the thing. It's like, I don't mind. It's the idea of it just coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, what? There's a mouse in here? And also, <laughs> I don't, I still, one of the, like, one of the unsolved mysteries of my life is why we all started screaming with the bread. And I just think the image now, especially now that I know that it was a mouse that had somehow gotten into my bread and eaten through it. Like, I just think it was this weird it just was such a weird feeling yeah and it's like the idea of the unknown and like why is this what is this why is this happening i've never seen this happen before it's like all of that stuff culminating into one moment and mm-hmm. just being so ridiculous but i can't even imagine if we had called a paranormal investigator and they were like so what uh start from the top what what do you what's going on here and i'm like well i went to make a pb and j um there was a huge hole in my bread and i threw it up in the air and they'd be like are you fucking kidding me like <laughs> i'm le- what are you talking about i'm leaving like i can't even imagine if we had gotten that far it's the ghost of jerry he's here <laughs> tom finally got him now he's haunting your apartment it's a ghost mouse. It's like the, <laughs> the newest movie. Oh my god! Ghost mouse. Well, <laughs> now that we've now that we've set the mood for today's yeah, uh, film discussion, uh, mm-hmm. let's let's uh, let's dive into The Conjuring, shall we? Well, yes, from twenty thirteen. <clears throat> the Conjuring, directed by James Wan. The Conjuring is the tale of the Perrin family and their pup. Moving into a house so haunted, it makes the Amityville house self-conscious. Starting with a brief Annabelle prequel, we meet Ed and Lorraine Warren, a pair of real-life demonologists slash ghostbusters from 1968. Three years later, 
we meet Roger and Carolyn Perrin, their dog Sadie, and their five daughters whose names you'll be constantly mixing up throughout the entire movie. The family moves into a new home in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Ignoring the obvious doggy foreshadowing, the family makes themselves at home. And during a round of a very questionable game of hide and clap, the family stumbles upon a boarded up cellar that they really should have just left boarded up. Also, 307. Uh, more on that later. Uh, Sadie dies, RIP Sadie, and we cut to the Warren's place. Ed and Lorraine have a demon museum in their house because why not? Also, Lorraine has been through some shit. Cut back to the Harrisville house. Spooks ensue, insert wall knocking, doors opening, creepy sleepwalking, and fart smells here. The spirit, clearly pissed about how they decorated the house, starts beating up Mama Perrin. The clearly haunted homeowner then enters the most questionable part of the home alone in the middle of the night, and more spooks ensue. Warrens give a masterclass on possession that was so good that Mama Spooked Perrin herself hires them to bust her ghost. The Warrens go to the house, give the place a quick Sherlocking, Lorraine has some ghostly heat flashes, and they deduce the family has a severe case of demon infestation. Warrens do some research and find out an old owner was a witch with a soft spot for Satan and very bad things have happened to everybody who's lived there since. The Warrens return, set up for their paranormal activity remake, and piss off the ghost so much that it swan dives into Mama Perrin's body. The ghost, now with its gloves off, asserts its ghostly dominance over the house. Lori falls down a three-story hole, and Annabelle gets so tired of being upstaged that she pulls some spooks of her own. The Warrens decide to give the house a well-needed exorcism. Possessions intensify, and Mama Witch, and Mama Witch Perrin takes the kids on a one-way trip back to the house. Cue a dramatic rainfall, insert a rent-a-priest exorcism, and by the power of love and family, the Warrens are able to baptize the witch Bathsheba and live happily ever after. Or do they? Roll credits. Dun 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 dun. Dun dun dun. Yes. So, you know what's? No, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You you first. You first. No, I just. It's just a small thing. But you know what's so crazy about this movie? What? No, nobody dies. Yeah, nobody like, dies. Well, except Sadie, because R.I.P. Sadie. Yeah, that's no no human dies. No human say. dies. No human Which, was harmed in the making of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> dogs, birds. Yeah, bye. R.I.P. But no humans were harmed. And I forgot. It, it's been such a long time since I've seen this movie that I forgot that they even had a dog. Same in it. I I had totally spaced on the fact that there was a dog, and I always feel bad for the dog in any horror movie that I watch because you know it's it. It's going to die. Like, it's a 9 out of 10 mm-hmm. chance that if the family has a dog, that dog's going to be the first person to go. Because the ghosts, yeah. the ghosts know that the dog knows, and so they always mm-hmm. off the dog first every single time. Yeah, they, they, they have to because it's like – but it's funny because the dog always knows, but nobody ever listens to the no dog. No one ever listens to the dog. The, the family gets there. Everybody runs in the house, and Sadie does not enter the house at all. Just completely stops. And they're like, Sadie, come on. And she just sits outside all night. And they're just like, huh, how strange. Like, they don't think – I would think that that was so weird. Yeah. If my dog that 
is clearly fine everywhere else would not cross the threshold of a house, I'd be like, um, we got to go now. Yeah. Everybody back in the car. We're going yeah. on a little trip. Like, we're not going into this house anymore. I, would, I, I feel like, okay, so with the dog not entering the house, right? Now, I've seen enough horror movies to catch that little bit of foreshadowing and be like, okay, some, something's off. But if I... I'm being a little real realistic here. If I just bought a house and that was like the one thing that was kind of off, I think I'd be with a family too, where I'd just be like, all right, maybe the dog's acting kind of weird. You know, we'll give it a day. See if, see if it, you know, eventually warms up and comes inside the house. If the next day my dog was dead, you mm-hmm. best believe that that house is immediately going back on the market and I'm getting the fuck out of there. Right, because it's like, what happened to her? It, like, I that would be my thought. I'd be like, what? What has happened to my dog? And also, so one of the best things about this movie, in my opinion, is that like, this, th- these ghosts, they do not waste any time. As no. soon as that family is in there, they're like, and now the games begin because that. As soon as they're in there, basically, that same first night, from that moment on, they are just punking. They are playing pranks, yeah. playing games with this family. They are doing the most. From the moment that this family gets in there, they never have a chance to just be in the house. Everything just goes from zero to 100 in a night. And yeah. I love that because we're not we're not pulling any punches. We're not wasting any time. These ghosts know what they're about and they're about that shit and i like that a lot yeah and like it's one of those things where i think it helps with the pacing too because this is one of those movies that now it's directed by james wan who is huge in the horror community um if you don't know he's the person along with other people that is responsible for saw insidious like most of the like most of the big horror movies that you've seen um the annabelle's la la rona and oddly enough the Aquaman movies, um, but <laughs> but you know he, th- this is somebody that knows horror really well. And one of the things I think that was super cool about this movie is it took it took something that we had started to become used to, right? Like we we had enough ghost movies up until this point, right? Like we we've seen the possessions, we've seen the haunted houses before. This isn't the first time we've seen this trope. However, the way that it was executed in the movie was very frightening. And, like, Mm -hmm. they somehow managed to take some old tropes like, you know, the walking through the house and hearing sounds. And I think every scare, they kind of took it up a little bit. Like, they just turned the dial up like a single notch and, like, just increased the spook factor by a bit. Like, I Mm -hmm. think one of the the earlier scares in the movie that got me is when – Hey, when they're playing this absolutely stupid game of hide and clap like this first off all right i get it it's a variation on hide and seek right but like this is the most dangerous home game i've ever seen like you're in like a three-story house and you are blindfolding yourselves and then just wandering willy-nilly throughout the house like hey that's already a terrible fucking idea but when yeah. she, when she when she's playing with like her daughter while everyone else is out and she's going around and like she gets into the she gets into that one bedroom and she thinks that she hears the clap and then she's like okay uh 
the way the game goes is you do first clap, second clap, and then third clap. And you have to find them by the third clap. Otherwise, they win the game. And so the mom's doing, you know, first clap, she hears a clap, she's like, okay, she's going towards that sound. Second clap kind of leads her into one of the bedrooms, and then she's kind of wandering around the bedroom. She's blindfolded, so she can't see, and then she says, okay, I think I know where you are, but give me the third clap. And then you just see these tiny ghostly hands just come out of, like, this little, like, uh, I don't know, what do you call that? The little, like, uh, it's like a, an armoire. Armoire? Is that uh, like a wardrobe? It's like a wardrobe. Yeah. Like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Like yeah. that. It, it, imagine the wardrobe from that movie. Like it's basically like the uh, possessed version of that because it looks really creepy. Yeah, it looks super it's creepy. Scary. And so while she's walking in, kind of looking around with the blindfold on, you see the doors to that little wardrobe open. And then she says, third clap. And you just see these pale, white, ghostly hands just kind of come out and just clap and i'm like oh my god that is terrifying because Mm -hmm. she starts heading towards it and like she gets there and she knows she knows that the clap came from there but like when she finally takes the blindfold off there's nobody there and like for me again that's one of those moments where i'm like yeah i'm moving out like i'm i'm good (laughs) like no mas like i'm out of here yeah but i will say like Something that they do really cleverly in this film is that, A, they, it doesn't take much for them to be like, okay, we need help. Mm -hmm. Like, really, it's only a couple of those instances. And because they have five, can you guess what I love the most about this film? I'm not sure what what is what is the thing? Because they come in for those kids. Because they got a lot of kids in this movie, and the ghosts are like, "Oh, you got kids? No. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with this." So yeah, that's like they have five kids in this house, and so immediately you have this aspect where it's like, my kids are terrified, and I like that they believe the kids. Like yeah. it's not one of those things where. Because out of them, out of the entire family, the dad experiences, because they set up early on that the dad is a truck driver. So he is gone at night a lot, which is when most of the hauntings happen. Yeah. But they do a good job, like, they do a good job of setting up that they believe the kids, the dad believes the wife. Like, none of them are like, yeah, first, um, they... They're a little skeptical anytime something happens and not everyone was there to see it. But they don't just immediately shut it down. Like they're understanding. And when things get serious, they're like, okay, we need some help. And so I think that that is a strength to this because I think the biggest thing with haunted house movies is you – I. The one thing that bugs me the most is there's usually a wife that is being terrorized and her husband – shuts down everything and immediately thinks that she's crazy. Yeah. Despite the fact that she's never maybe acted this way before or despite the fact that they moved into a house and things are kind of weird. And I love that they don't do that. And B, did I say one or did I say A? Uh, we'll, we'll say B you or- said B. We'll say you said uh, A. Okay, cool. So then B um, is that... 
I really hope when we go back and listen to this that you said (laughs) one, but please keep going. (laughs) I know. So B (laughs) is that a lot of times I know people are like, okay, we'll just leave the house. Like, just leave the house. Why are you still in the house? But another thing that they do in this movie is that they, the Warrens basically tell them that at the point, at this point, this demon has latched onto their family, so it doesn't matter if they leave or not. Mm-hmm. They are going to carry the demon with them. They, uh, The family, like, they set up that they are kind of in debt. They put all of their money into this house. Yeah. They don't know where to go. That's going to take in a family of seven. So what's the point of leaving this house if the demon is just going to follow us? So I think that's two strengths that work for this movie and make it kind of like everything that you could be like, well, but why didn't they like, they're just immediately swatted away. And they're like, because, because of this reason, because of that reason, like now there you have it. They're stuck. They got to figure this out. They don't have another option. Mm -hmm. So I think that's great. Yeah. The movie does a great job in like explaining a couple plot points though. An interesting thing is this movie, So this is another one of those movies that has the tag of based on a true story on it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The difference between something like this and Paranormal Activity, though, is the story that they're basing this off of is actually a true story by, well, I guess technically nine people's accounts. um, Because the Perrin family and the Warrens, the investigator, are actual real people. These people have really existed they were on this earth. This is a true, by this family's account, a true haunting that happened to them within this house. Like, and that mm-hmm. part, that part is what's very intriguing about this movie. And I think it's something that ups the scare factor a lot too, because like after watching this movie, um, and you look up the actual story, if you're curious enough, like they really say a lot of these things happen. Now, one of the big differences between the movie and the actual family is the family apparently lived in that house for 10 years before they Mm -hmm. finally moved out. Now, clearly it's difficult to show 10 years over the course of a two hour movie. Right. So they have to kind of expedite some stuff. But I think that probably adds to a lot of the plot strengths of this movie is like, they don't have to necessarily make up everything. Like they don't have to make up all these fictional things and make them connect. They just kind of have to follow the breadcrumbs of what actually happened to this family. Yeah. Just take their accounts and then probably amp them up a skosh. But for the most part, you know, just try and follow what they say happened. Mm -hmm. But I I guess too, that in the real life uh, situation that the, Warrens didn't they didn't succeed in helping them no they didn't rid of yeah they actually kicked them out like they kicked the Warrens out because they didn't have like the Warrens over two years I guess came back a, a couple times and tried to help them and nothing they did worked and so finally the husband was like y'all gotta go and kick them out because he was like worried about his wife's mental state um so the whole like yes we succeeded and like the exorcism and all that this completely you know fabricated for the film because they have to have some kind of a resolution they can't just be like and then the warrens failed 
and well that, the, I, <laughs> I mean it, it's it's interesting because like well let's look at the warrens too real quick and like okay. their their whole position here is like one even though the warrens are real people right i think we've seen these characters before in other horror movies are like these are the demon experts these are these are these are the ghost know-it-alls that just they can either a explain everything that's going on or b they just they're just in the know you know and a lot of, a lot of the things that or the paranormal things that we deal with in this movie the warrens are able to kind of quantify it for us um, we see it in the beginning when they're dealing with the first case, which is the animal doll, which I thought was very interesting that they included that into this movie on rewatching it. Because I remember Annabelle being in this movie, but I also didn't remember how little of a role she actually played in this movie for like how big she becomes after The Conjuring comes out. Um, they spend very little time with her. But we get in that first scene with them dealing with Annabelle's like these these two are very clearly portrayed as they know what's going on. And like they also know the rules of the paranormal, which is very good for the story because it keeps the story grounded. We don't know what's going on or what to do. Can you help us? Yes, we can. But firstly, there's no such thing as Annabelle. And there never was. Ghosts don't possess such a power. I think what we have here is something extremely manipulative. It's something inhuman. It was a big mistake acknowledging this, though. Because one of the things you've heard me complain about in this podcast before is when we set up the rules, and this happens so much with ghost stories, but you set up rules for your universe of ghosts that aren't the same throughout the entire movie. And so people mm -hmm. don't know what to expect in the scary moments of the movie. Um, this movie, we get the idea that demons or nefarious spirits can attach onto people or things. We learned that from the very beginning. We also see through the bruises that, um, Carolyn is getting throughout the movie that these ghosts can physically do things to you. Like you can be hurt by these ghosts. Also, mm -hmm. with the dog dying, too, is like these these ghosts are capable of doing more than just closing doors and just giving you the occasional spook like they can do things to you. And I think by establishing that early, it allows for the scares to be amplified because now there's some stakes. Like now, if you get stuck with a ghost, some shit might go down, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, this ghost is very physical. And I think that by establishing establishing a that it is able to manipulate objects and, you know, interact with people like it can, you know, it's pulling like there's scenes early. One of the very first scary instances that the family has is that um, the daughter played by joey king um i think that she's christine i think maybe she's christine i don't know i'm just gonna call her um ramona because i don't know what her name was <laughs> she's not um, ramona. but <laughs> there were, like, in your defense like i said there are so many characters that like mm -hmm. it is a little hard throughout the movie to keep them like differentiated like i'll admit well, yeah and i do remember so like i remember 
I remember Nancy because she gets her hair pulled. That's my favorite scene of the movie is when Nancy does like the ghost does like a bad girls club style (laughs) fight with Nancy's just pulling her by her hair, dragging her around. So I remember Nancy and then April is the youngest, Mm -hmm. which ends up, you know, she kind of interacts. There's a specific ghost that is a little boy that interacts with her for a lot of the film. Rory, yeah. So she, uh, the little girl has this music box, which, uh, first of all, I love the tune of this music box. It's oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty haunting. It really mm-hmm. is. They do a really good job of of it's the perfect object to do a jump like not a jump scare but it's a perfect object to build up um like tension and build up fear in your audience because it's this music box that opens up and when it opens up it has a mirror on the top of it and uh so as the they keep doing this thing where april says that you play the music box and you hold it up and so you're looking into the mirror and that once the music is done playing, Rory, you can see Rory, which the mom just assumes is her imaginary friend, but we mm-hmm. later find out is a ghost. And so they keep doing this thing where you're like watching them look in the mirror and the music box is playing. And so you're like, oh, my God. Oh What's going like to happen? Yeah, because yeah, you're waiting for those ghosts to appear. But yeah, so like that's a great instance where they set up a scare very well. Um, but yeah, like the a lot of the scares with the daughters are actually pretty physical because like I said, Nancy gets dragged around by her hair. Um, yeah. And what's what's really I just want to like emphasize on that specific scene, too. I think what makes that scene even more terrifying is a lot of time in ghost movies, people are usually terrorized on their own. Right. Like that's that's when Mm -hmm. you're your most vulnerable, when you're just off and alone. And then the ghost, it's just you and the ghost. Right. In that moment, she was surrounded by a ton of people and that didn't do jack shit. Yeah. Like that that ghost did not give a single fuck. He's like, nope, I'm 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 gonna beat her ass right in front of all y'all. Like mm-hmm. no not a single care in the world was given by the ghost. Yeah, this ghost, a lot of the scares that happen, they're usually not by themselves. For the most part, the mother when she gets attacked is by herself a lot, but that's because she is the one that they're trying to possess. The mm-hmm. other characters, like they are like Bathsheba wants the other characters to die. And so she's just kind of messing with them. And a lot of the times uh, there'll be a couple of the sisters will be in a room and a scare will happen and all of them will see it. So there's a lot of scares that happen with multiple people in the room. So yeah, she's dragged around. Everybody's there. All the lights are on. Like, you can see what is happening. Yeah, it doesn't follow any of the normal rules of, like, oh, you're alone in the dark. Now we're going to get you. It's like, you're not safe anywhere. That's a- And once that establishes that, like, that's when it just goes, like, all to hell. Like, mm-hmm. Ghost is like, man, I'll, I'll attack you during the daylight. I'll attack you at church. Like, it don't matter where you go. Like, mm-hmm. you in my house, I'm about to beat that ass. Like, <laughs> Well, and because the Warrens even say they're like, like, hey, 
because we're trying to stop this ghost, this ghost is going to get more aggressive and more violent. And they were right because the right before that moment happens is when Lorraine figures out exactly what's going on. So she has been kind of, you know, both of the Warrens have been investigating and doing their research. But right before that moment happens, Lorraine discovers that the ghost possesses the mother of a child, forces the mother to kill that child, and then the mother kills themselves. So Mm -hmm. she goes up and she tells everybody. She's like, this is what's happening. And then right after that, the ghost is like, oh, you foiled my plan. (laughs) And so then the ghost just like goes on the full on attack. Yeah. (laughs) So um, it's, yeah, it's a very aggressive and angry ghost and Mm -hmm. so yeah like one of the first scares that happen is ramona and it happens to her a couple of times like the ghost pulls her leg out of bed right yep 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 mm -hmm, and so you know that's a violent one and then later on there's one of the daughters sleepwalks and so she keeps wandering into andrea who is the oldest she has her own room and she has the room that has the wardrobe in it and so the the sleepwalking daughter keeps being attracted to this wardrobe so there's a scene where she comes in she bangs she's like banging her head against the wardrobe and so andrea comes up and is like here like you can sleep in my bed and kind of leads her over to her bed Mm-hmm. And so then the sleepwalking daughter wakes up and on top of the wardrobe is Bathsheba. She's just chilling up there. Yeah. And she jumps down and she attacks Andrea. And of course, um, like when everyone comes up to save her, she's the Bathsheba's no longer there. But we do see her jump on top of Andrea and knock her down. We don't yeah. get to see what she does to her, but she was ready to gouge yeah. her eyes out. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, sure she what was, she was she, trying to do. She was down. And like one of the things that now I will say this movie skates between it because it's different, right? Like the way that Beth Bathsheba operates in this movie is a little different than how a lot of ghosts operate in other movies, um, where she can be physical with people, but people still have interactions with her and come out alive. Um, mm-hmm. But one common motif that I think we find is like usually for possession stories and ghost stories, they're always trying to like wear down the family or just to make them vulnerable enough to actually possess them. That's one of those things. It's like they can do they can do what they really want to do once they in- enter somebody's body and take control over them. But until then, it seems like they're still kind of restrained by some laws of ghost physics that mm-hmm. are stopping them from just straight up, you know, slitting everybody's throat in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Because the because that that's the thing, right, that you said before. is like she usually possesses the mother of the family and then has the mother do kind of her bidding for her by offing the family or the kids, which also in that reveal scene, I have to pick at this because even though I love this movie, like I have to pick at the fact that Lorraine fell from like the top of the fucking house through a hole directly down and homegirl didn't break her legs i i definitely put my hands together and i was sus i was like "Mm, debatable no that's fair that's fair because i also would like to file a complaint because i had a couple instances now like i said love the movie still 
big question mark here. Uh, there's well, there's two. There's two complaints I'd like to file. The first is that um, multiple times throughout the movie, when something happens and the girls start screaming, everybody in the family wakes up and they all, you know, go and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. However, there. So there is a moment when that actually the same night that the whole thing with the wardrobe and Andrea happens um, is when the mother hears this giant clatter downstairs and Mm -hmm. she goes downstairs and all of the pictures have fallen. All of the pictures of her family have fallen off of the wall and all of the glass has shattered. And it scared the shit out of me, first of all. Kudos. Mm-hmm. But secondly, it's loud. Like, it's really, yeah, really how loud. how did nobody wake up during nobody that? Nobody woke up. And everybody's doors were open, especially and she was in Andrea's room when it happened. So Andrea's door was basically wide open. It scares the mom enough where she almost screams out loud. But nobody else wakes up. Mm, I call Tom Foolery on that yeah. one. Yeah. But like I said, that's a nitpick. Secondly, um, later on, so once Bathsheba has kind of fully taken over her body, she drives April, who is the youngest daughter, and Ramona back to the house to kill them. Mm-hmm. And because at that point they had gone and they were staying at a hotel because they were like, we are getting out of this house, which yeah. yes. Which, but yeah, so yeah, very smart. Yeah, very smart. So then she but she takes the two of them back to the house. And everybody ends up coming back because they're like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta save the kids and we gotta get we gotta do an exorcism on her. So everybody, like all the Warrens, the dad, they all end up back at the house. And so they save Ramona and like they get her away from the mom, but then they can't find April because April was scared and she went to go hide. So Mm -hmm. there's a guy that has been helping them do, he's kind of like their assistant. He like helps them with all of the paranormal investigations. And so he's been there the whole time. And they task him with going and finding April. And he does find her. However, when he (laughs) finds her, he screams at the top of his lungs, despite the fact that they are doing an exorcism on her right downstairs. And they know that she is like hell bent on finding her daughter and killing her. He screams that he's like, I found her. She's in the be- she's in the floorboard. <laughs> he like drops her location. He's like, she's in the floorboard. She's under the kitchen. Turn right at the chimney. Uh, climb a little bit further. Drop down into the hole. She's right there. So then All the mom's like giving the mom a pair of scissors, patting her on the back, oh and being God. like, "All right, go ahead." Yeah, he's like, "Don't if you've like if you reach the end of the house, you've gone too far." And she's like, "Oh my God, thank you." So she goes in there and she finds April, and. Uh, that's like I they it's just one of those moments where I don't think that they needed to do that for Mm -hmm. her to find April I feel like it would have been so much of a stronger moment if he as he was because he's like um he's like breaking through the floorboards and pulling them up to get to her yeah um I feel like they should have had him doing that and then 
maybe she just hears him ripping the floorboards up or she just runs underneath the floor to escape because they're still trying to like exercise her. So she could have just ran under there to escape and then happened upon April. But also she's Bathsheba. So wouldn't she have known where April was anyway? Because she's like the demon of the house. She like runs that shit. So wouldn't she have known that April was in the floorboards anyway? I don't know. It's kind of silly. I know. (laughs) Like I I get where you're coming from because like now loving this movie, like I have met people who don't love the movie as much. And usually a lot of people have issues with the ending. That's, that's the issue I've heard the most Mm. because they think that for the amount of scare and the amount of, you know, hardship that we go through in the movie, the ending feels too happy. You know, it feels a little too Hollywood for how mm-hmm. things were going for the rest of the movie. And on watching it another time, like, I get where they're coming from because, like, there are there are a few instances that seem a little too easy for what they're going through. I think all the way up towards the ending exorcism – is fantastic like i the whole scene in the basement with her in the chair and all that stuff i think is absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. like it is terrifying watching that and like it really resonated for me just like the exorcist did watching like that and watching an exorcism in real time i think they did a fantastic job in like capturing kind of the fear and the and the stress that's attached to doing something like that especially because the fact of the matter is too is like not only are we dealing with an exorcism here but we're dealing with the added layer that the person who's doing the exorcism isn't qualified to be doing the exorcism right like this is literally a substitute exorcist just trying their best um and they're up against a very strong evil force on this one so like watching that back and forth is really good and it's really engaging um so interesting yeah i love that he i love that he has to do the exorcism and that he's so unsure and like and anytime you know as soon as something goes wrong he almost kind of stops and he's like oh my god i'm is this right? Am I doing this yeah, right? Like, like, what do I do? Work? <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that he has to do it. And I love to, I think it's such a good dynamic of like him trying to do that. And then the husband is there and he's trying to help. But then of course she's screaming. She's like vomiting up blood. He thinks that she's dying. So he's freaking out. It's just so like, there's just so much going on that I love it. And then, and I, I can understand because Basically, the way that they defeat her is so they do the whole exorcism, but it doesn't seem like it worked. Um, so she she runs after April and she she catches up to April and she's about to kill her. But then they all are kind of yelling at her. Also, Ty, I'm going to say her name wrong. Taisa Formiga, who plays <laughs> Lorraine. Mm-hmm. Um, the scream that she does right now when she screams no Oh, I re- Oof, I I went back and rewatched it like ten times because I felt that deep within my soul. I was like, "Oh my god, I could!" Yeah, it's such a good scream. But anyway, like, no, also- no, real, no, real quick. The exorcism performance was fan fucking tastic. Like, oh, yeah. like, like I just want to throw that out there is like the all the stuff that was happening in that scene outside of just the plot points like that whole segment everybody's acting from from the mom getting possessed to the to the dad to both the warrens trying like it felt real and grounded in those characters mm-hmm. like every character 
just felt like they were really they were really in it and that's just a testament to all those actors during that moment in the movies like i do think everybody attached to that scene did a fantastic job also i just realized that's not taisa that's vera vera's in this movie taisa god i keep saying her name as if i know how to say it and i'm (laughs) trying to be wrong but so she's the one that's from american horror story that's her younger sister who i also really love i like i like her a lot she's She's great. She's got really big eyes and they're very expressive. I like that. But um, true. yeah. <laughs> but so Vera Farmiga is the one who's in this movie. But so yeah, the acting in this this whole scene, even the kids. That's the thing. You kind of do a gamble when you have kids. All of the kid actors in this movie are great. And um, so yeah, she finally catches up to April, and basically they decide the best way to fight this is for her because they can tell that she's still fighting in there because she does keep having these moments where she kind of screams for her husband or like she seems like she's fighting back so they decide that the best way to beat it is to fight from within and so Lorraine basically earlier in the movie they had had this scene where they both kind of discussed how it feels to be mothers and she had showed her a picture about this amazing day that they had had on the beach. And Lorraine basically is like, Hey, remember that day you had, if you could do this, like all of you lose all of that. And so she's able to fight through. You said they meant the world to you. This is what you'll be leaving behind. And, you know, kind of, vanquish the demon herself which i can understand if people think that that's a little bit of a like disney kind of it's it's got some cheese it's got a a little little cheese yeah a little full house-esque tie-in like wrap up i could see how it's not that that way despite it being cheesy it's not that it doesn't make sense like it's not that it's not grounded in anything they set it up and they executed it based on the things that they did earlier in the movie yeah, they established it well. And for some reason, I don't know, maybe I was just emotional today, but I almost cried when I was watching it today. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I was like watching it and I was like wiping away tears as they were doing like the flashbacks to the beach. I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I've never reacted that way to it before, but I really liked it today. Well, I think I think a lot of it's because of her performance there too. Like she, yeah. you could tell, you could see the struggle in her eyes, like, and in her acting as she's trying to vanquish this demon out of her body. Like, mm-hmm. she played that magnificently. Yeah, that's true. And I think just paired with, like, the fact that she was gonna kill her daughter, and then the dad's there, and he's like, no! Like, and everyone's <laughs> just so upset. It just, I don't know. It was really, it, it, it was hitting different for me when I watched <laughs> it, it, it hit time. different. <laughs> um, um, but, but, oh, and Lily Taylor is the one who plays Carolyn, by the way. And so testament to Lily Taylor um, for exercising herself in such an artistic way. You you did a fantastic. I, mm-hmm. Best exorcism. <laughs> yeah. Top 10 exorcisms. I'd put this at number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's she's awesome. She like really looks I mean, I it's a lot of it has to do with the makeup that they do on her, but man, she looks tore yeah, she up. Looks she looks tore. like she's she looks like she's had a night, and it's funny because like she, you know, she like throws up all this blood and stuff as like the demon is leaving her, mm-hmm. and the and the little girl's like, 
mommy. At, but I was like, girl, <laughs> she not. still looks a little rough. Better I'd not. give her a minute because she really oh, does. My goodness. That reminds me of the scene, though, like uh, because they they managed to get the daughter away from her. Right. And they're trying to, like, take her out to go get a proper exorcism on her. Oh, yeah. And like she they figure out that she can't leave the house because the witch refuses to let her leave and when they like they're pulling her through the door and you can just see like the bruise marks like forming on her neck and like on her face and stuff and i was like that scene was awesome like mm-hmm. i loved that because like you it, it was like a culmination because throughout the whole movie we see um carolyn get these bruises like throughout her body which we find out later is Bathsheba. but like in that moment seeing them all manifest like within the moment was just so eerie and just mm-hmm. like so uneasy to watch i loved it <laughs> Yeah, she's, like, burning and screaming, and then the house, like, pushes her back inside and, like, drags her down the stairs, Oh, and it's, like, throwing her around. So good. Yeah, it's, again, it's it's because, like, we've seen seen those scares before, right? We've seen people get chucked around rooms. We've seen them get dragged across the floor, but I think this movie managed to find different ways to add little bits and pieces to make it a little bit more satisfying. I Mm -hmm. think the whole fact that people were getting dragged around and tossed around in front of other people is such a small change, but it's enough to add some stakes to that scare of like, it's not you in your room alone being dragged off somewhere. It's like, even with when you're with your close friends and family and the people that love you, you're not safe. Like you can still get grabbed and that's terrifying. Yeah, there's a lot of weight to it and it's really like like it doesn't it doesn't matter what you're doing, who you are, like where you're at, especially that aspect of like it doesn't matter where you are. Some because I, another really another sequence that I think is really really well done um is this is, you know, this is after we've established that this demon can kind of latch on to people and latch on to things. And it's not just set in stone at the house. Once you've encountered it mm-hmm. is that Lorraine has a daughter. Ed and Lorraine have a daughter throughout this. We see glimpses into their life as well. And there's a moment where her daughter gifts her a necklace and it has a picture of her in it. And then the daughter has like the matching necklace that has a picture of her parents in it. And so Lorraine is wearing it when she falls through to the basement and she has an interaction with Beth Bathsheba down there and her necklace gets ripped off because it's like choking her and then yeah. it like rips off of her. And so through that, the demon is able to attach onto that and it basically like follows them home yeah. and terrorizes their daughter. And this sequence is so – it's like <laughs> – The sequence is perfect to me because it's like what is scary to me because the daughter – like the daughter hears a noise and she wakes up thinking that it's – or no, no. She gets pulled. It pulls her foot too. She -hmm. wakes up and she's looking for her parents and she's like turning on the lights as she's searching for them and she can't find them anywhere they have a specific room that has all of their haunted stuff in it and it's usually locked, but she looks at it and the door is open. Mm -hmm. And so she turns around to go back up the stairs where the lights are on 
but then the lights turn off. And so now mm. the lights like going up to the stairs are off and it keeps getting darker up at the top yeah, and the darkness that... starts coming down the stairs. Oh, oh my God. That <laughs> was scare like... was so good. And I, I, I'd honestly forgotten about it too. Um, mm. But the way, yeah, the way the darkness just kind of moves down the staircase towards her is just absolute. That's more terrifying to me than seeing any spirit or like any of that. It's just, you can feel the energy, this just dark energy just coming towards this child. And you're like, mm-hmm. run, girl, run. Oh, like, I know. And it's so sad. And she's like, she's like screaming for her grandmother. She's like, Nana. And it's so sad because she's terrified. Like, she's terrified. She's alone. And the thing about it is she has nothing to do with this situation. Yeah. She doesn't even know what's going on. She doesn't yeah. even know. She doesn't know about the case. She doesn't know what her parents are doing. So it's like she's a totally unrelated person to this case but because the demon was able to attach to something and follow them home she has now been brought into this situation and that is really scary to me because i'm like she literally she was just sleeping she was just chilling in her life she was just so pure and then like i was like oh no not not her like she didn't do anything to deserve this yeah but she almost gets taken out by a chair luckily she doesn't she doesn't he saved uh ed saves her but still she almost gets like destroyed by a rocking chair (laughs) (laughs) and then we also during that get our first little tidbits of annabelle as well which is i mean now we all know that annabelle goes on to have her own series after this is all said and done but i i just hate creepy dolls man that's the one trope in horror that just gets me like i hate i hate the dolls like (laughs) any any of the doll ones just freak me out because they just look so damn creepy and annabelle looks creepy like looks so creepy yeah, she's looked like she had like one too many nights um, <laughs> out and about at the club. But no, I, I, I will say I did like a little bit of extra research after watching the movie. And um, so the Warrens do have an actual, you know, paranormal demon museum in their house. That is not fake. That is a real thing that they do have that they have a priest come and bless. Well, I guess Lorraine does now because um, Ed passed away back in 2006. Mm-hmm. But they have they have this little museum where they keep all the artifacts from places that they've or cases that they've had to keep the demonic spirits within one place. And in there, they have an Annabelle doll, and she doesn't look the same that like she does in the movie. It looks a lot more just like like a Cabbage Patch doll. She's but it's a ra- almost... she's like a rag. She's a rag doll, isn't she? Like a Raggedy Ann doll. Almost. Yeah, it's like a Raggedy Ann doll. It's honestly even more terrifying. Like I get why they changed it for the movie to just give it more of a horror movie feel, but like the actual doll because it looks so cute. I think the story behind it makes it even scarier. It does because it's like so un. If I walked into a store and I saw the Annabelle, Annabelle doll that they use in this movie, she's she's sitting on the shelf. I'm not buying that. But if mm-hmm. I saw the raggedy, the little like rag doll, yeah. I'd be like, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll get that. I don't know. I just think that there's something about seeming so innocent and so normal almost that's really scary because, of course, nobody's going to second guess a rag doll. But – not everybody wants um, 
like a porcelain doll, like no. what Annabelle is. Oh, those is. are the worst. Porcelain dolls, those are the worst ones. Yeah. Even even non-scary horror movie porcelain dolls look like scary horror movie porcelain dolls. Like they Yeah. Honestly, look, uh, anybody listening, if you have porcelain dolls in your house, just know for a fact, no level of invitation, no level of bribery, no level of love from your heart will get me to enter your house because I don't trust them motherfuckers. <laughs> Not a single one of them. Yeah, they look a little suspicious. Well, and I guess maybe in the 70s, because this movie takes place in the 70s, so maybe back then it's like, Porcelain dolls were maybe a little bit more in style, like yeah. in the 60s and the 70s than they are now. Because, of course, now we have this stigma attached to them where they're really scary. Because since then, we've had a bunch of movies come out about these dolls, you know, being horror movie antagonists. So maybe back then they were seen as more of an innocent kind of a thing. But, yeah. uh I, But even uh, – I don't know. I don't know. She, she, something about her is just mm, – I don't know if I would buy her. I no, <laughs> actually, yeah, I take that back. I definitely wouldn't buy her. Um, but I think okay. it was really. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No, I was just gonna say, but I do think it was really smart of them to have the Warrens as a through line because. It's like we get introduced to Annabelle and then through that they can make an Annabelle movie. And then like we can follow them on different cases. And technically it's all part of the Conjuring universe because you have this through line. But because you use the Warrens, you can have multiple antagonists yeah. without it being the same story over and over again. So I do think that was really smart of them to yeah. use that as a jumping point. And an interesting thing with the production of the movie, too, is like it actually was initially going to be from the family's um, point of view. They they had first written it to be from the family's point of view to have the Warrens coming in as like the extra characters. However, I guess somewhere through production, um, they had some other people take a look at the script and they, they decided to veer more in the direction of having the Warrens be the through line, which ultimately I do think was the better choice there because it. It left, it left a lot of things as a mystery for us through a good chunk of the movie that we had to kind of figure out along with the Warrens because we were seeing the spooks happen, but the Warrens as like the demon experts were the ones that were kind of piecing things together for us, which I think is helpful for keeping the through line because like even though this is the movie we got, I can't really imagine the movie from the family's perspective. Like I feel like it would have mm-hmm. made. Uh, the Warrens a lot more insequential to the movie. I feel like I wouldn't have cared about them as much if it was just from the family's point of view. Yeah, I think that it... I think if it was just from the family's point of view that... Like, I feel like with the way that the movie is now, we get the perfect amount of spookiness and, like, the perfect amount of the the ghost like you know stuff with Mm -hmm. them and the pacing of that is really well done and i think without bebopping back and forth between them and the warrens that they would have either had to add more which i don't think would have helped i think it would have been too much or it just would have been a lot shorter and like i just think that it's at the perfect length 
we are with the family for a good amount of time, but also we're with the Warrens for enough amount of time that we care about both of their stories. And they, it's so like, because we care about them when their stories interweave, I feel like it's more of a relief when it works out for all of them in the end, because we established that it's really important. Now the Warrens kind of have to help them defeat this demon because now it's a part of their life as well. And I feel like if we didn't get that as much that, I don't know, it just wouldn't have been as satisfying. And Yeah, because now you got these two parties that really want this thing over mm-hmm. with. So Yeah. Okay. So well, I'm happy right. with that. So here's, I, I think after discussing, you know, the things that we've liked, a couple of the things that we may or may not would have changed. Here's a big question of knowing that this is based off of a true story and knowing that all these people are real and by all their accounts, these things actually happen. Do you believe it? Do you think that this happened as closely as they say it did? Or do you think that this was fabricated? Where, 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 where are you at? Uh, I don't know. Here's my thing. It's, it's so hard, like, nowadays, it, but not even now. I think it's always been easy to take things and run with them, especially if you see that you have people interested in that thing. And it's hard to say if, you know, things happened the way that they say that they happened because I I don't want to discount that something may have happened to them, Mm -hmm. but at the level that they say that it did, I don't know. I could understand sensationalizing something like this and making things. And like they even said in the movie, there's a lot of like, this is something the Warrens say in the movie. They're like, there's a lot of regular, regular, um, explanations for things that you think maybe you know that you think are paranormal so maybe some of it was just regular things that they thought were paranormal like a mouse in their cupboard yeah like a mouse (laughs) in the cupboard yeah or you know maybe it just smelled really bad sometimes i don't know Mm -hmm. like maybe all of your clocks did stop at 307 but maybe something was just wrong with your clocks and I don't want to discount them, but at the same time, it's hard when there's no proof besides everyone in your family saying, oh, yeah, yeah, this happened. And then also these two people who kind of, you know, their entire career is based off of this and based off of people believing in this. It's hard to say like, okay, these are the people who are that we are relying on. And that's it. You know, like, I feel like it's hard to say that and not have any concrete proof. But, Mm -hmm. oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) What do you think? Um, Well, all right. Well, before I say what I think, I do want to just bring up because you brought up the 307. So we talked about 307. Uh, 307 is when the clock stopped during the entire movie because that's the time when the witch died. She died at 307. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. want to bring up that while I was watching this movie, um, I took a little water break. 
And when I went to the kitchen to grab my water, I looked at the clock and it was exactly 3.07. Oh <laughs> and I have never been so terrified in my entire life. Like you should have <laughs> seen the speed with which I speed walked from the kitchen back to my room, shut the door, put the lock on there, <laughs> and then had to proceed to continue to watch the movie. But I was so damn spooked because oh I was like, that, that, that is not the kind of coincidence that you want during this kind of movie. Um, is <laughs> just like chilling in your room when you get back. <laughs> oh, no. Looking over my shoulder right now just to make sure. Um, as far as the movie goes, whether or not I believe it, um, again, I haven't personally experienced too much paranormal paranormal stuff myself that's like concrete like this was a paranormal experience so Mm -hmm. a lot of the times i'm always going off of hearsay of the people who have experienced it and just choosing to believe based on the information that they give um whether or not it's true or not um knowing a bit about the inner workings of hollywood and movies and horror movies like you always know that there's things that are going to be sensationalized and changed for the sake of the narrative um However, I will say that even though I think a lot of things are probably upped a bit for the movie and for the storytelling aspects of it, I don't want to necessarily discredit what happened to this family Um, because you really do have an entire family here that's talking about the things that have happened to them. And then you also get these two demon hunters, which... I, I say that with the intent of like, I don't know how much I believe in that of like you being able to just go and hunt. De- like, again, I I'm not an expert, so I don't want to just necessarily discredit them. But like, I'll always be a little sus, you know, what I mean, of like, is this just mm-hmm. here to promote an agenda or to promote like. Uh, oh, you don't understand, so you just have to kind of believe. Like, I'll always be somewhat of a skeptic, but I think I'm open to the idea if somebody looks me in the eyes and genuinely says, like, hey, this happened to me, um, I'd like to believe them. Um, right. Because I'd like to think that there are just things that we don't fully understand, and if that means that paranormal things are a thing, okay. Um, I, I have yet to see it with my own eyes, but... Some of these accounts are just so detailed that it mm-hmm. makes me question. Yeah, well, because it's it's like there's something kind of exciting about the idea of things that can't fully be explained. Yeah. And they're just that way, and there's really no way of knowing. I don't know. Like, there's something inherently, like, enticing about that. So it's why I, It's why we go and see these movies. It's why we believe in the ghost trope to begin with. Like, it's it, – it, it's something that our mind, you know, a lot of us are afraid of, but it's it, it's it's like a drug. Like you can't get enough of it. That that scare fa- that scare factor, that adrenaline that comes with it, um, that just idea that there's something beyond yourself. I think that's so enticing mm-hmm. that just fully disbelieving it kind of I don't know takes takes the fun out, takes the flavor out. Yeah, <laughs> the flavor. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. The, the scares don't taste su- quite as sweet without the without without that little bit of belief attached to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's like that same. It's the same thing that makes it where you watch a scary movie, and you're like looking over your shoulder, and it's like that feeling of you. 
there's nobody there. But at the same time, like, you feel like there's somebody there. And, like, it's like that feeling of, I don't know. There's just, I don't even it's know. It's that what feeling I'm of that it could happen to you. Like, that sort of yeah, it could idea. Happen. Like, you mm-hmm. don't want it to happen to you, but it could happen to you. And it kind of makes you a part of the experience. Yeah. And I think if you completely shut that down, then, like, you don't get that feeling. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever want to not have that feeling because that's what's so fun about scary movies is it's like, what if that ha- – like, ooh, it's that feeling. You want to have that feeling when you watch a scary movie. And I think if you completely shut that down and say, oh, there's no way, nah, I don't believe it, at least for me, I think that I would never feel that way. Yeah. And so I want to believe. X-Files, <laughs> I want to believe. Is that, isn't that what that was called? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> But um okay what what um what's our what is our rating um, um I would say for me I'm going to give this uh 4 out of 5 spooky ghosts um mm-hmm. I think I do think it's a really good movie and I think for something that was released in 2013 it holds up pretty well and the scares mm-hmm. still feel genuine for me and like the effects and everything are great there are there are a couple plot points that i'm a little iffy on and i might be able to do with a different ending but all in all i think a really great movie so like it's not a perfect scare for me like it's not a full five spooky ghosts but a solid four Mm -hmm. i would agree i will also give this a four out of five spooky ghosts because I don't know. I just think that they do such a good job of like the storytelling, making you care about the characters. The scares in this are awesome. Like I said, mm-hmm. I still get scared at parts of this movie despite knowing that they're going to happen. It still scares me. And I just think that's a testament to the film. And it this is like a this is a haunted house movie done right in yeah. my opinion. And it's not it's especially now because haunted house movies have been so done, it's really really hard to find a haunted house movie where you're like, "Yes, that is exactly what I wanted. That is that's it. Like that's what I want these movies to be." And yeah, yeah I think this movie is like a great example of of that. Yeah, I think it's track record also just kind of add to that opinion too because i didn't know this until researching but this was one of the most like lucrative horror movies of all time Mm. like it it was made for around 20 million and it grossed well over 300 million yeah putting it it's like one of the top 10 most like profitable horror movies of all time i was like it makes sense. It makes sense. Like I do think for when it came out, this this was a phenomenal, phenomenal horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I do think since then, and something that might have like brought it down from five to four for me is we've seen a lot of good horror since then. That like the bar is like slowly going up over time. Mm-hmm. But I I do take into account when this movie came out, and for that, it, it was a really great movie. Hmm. Yeah, it is a great movie. Um, definitely, if you haven't seen it, go. Just go. Go see yeah, it. Yeah, just go. 
And even if you had, watch it again. Why not? True, yeah. If you've seen it already, watch it again. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Because it's a great, you know what? It's a great, like, October movie mm-hmm. like it's a i would it's a i think this is a great movie to watch there's specific movies that like just get me into the halloween mood yeah um and i think this is one of those yeah this is definitely an easy contender for your halloween playlist like if you're looking for movies conjuring should definitely be up there on there Mm-hmm. agreed but that's gonna be it for our conjuring review Um, I hope that you guys liked it, and I hope that you guys will let us know what you think, and would you give it the same rating as us? Do you think it's better? Do you think it's worse? And if you think it's worse, I would love to hear why. I I need to hear (laughs) Need to know. (laughs) I need to know. Um, But yeah, guys, uh, we are on... What are we on? We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. And we are at Homies of Horror on all of those. Um, So please interact with us. We love to chat about all things horror. Please let us know if there's anything that you specifically want us to talk about. Like we said, this episode was a request. So we are always down to take requests and review movies that you guys specifically want to hear. Yeah. You just gotta Um, let us know. Just let us know. Yeah. Just go ahead and give us a little comment or you can send us a message and we'll get back to you. Or if it's easier to email us for some reason, you can always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. So yeah. Give us a shout out if you would like us to talk about anything or if you just want to talk in general about horror. About, oh, yeah. Say hello <laughs> if, or about horror. I mean, we're not going to talk about everything. Look, like, if, you're having, if you're having like a hard Thursday and you're just like, hey, homies, just want to talk for a second. I mean, you could send that. Um, oh, yes, please. We always want to chat with our homies. Yeah, it might take us a day or two, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It might take us, like, a year to get back to you, but thanks for the thought. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, our episodes come out every single Monday. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and the Podbean app. So leave us a like, leave us a review. Uh, Go ahead and follow us on those as well so that you can be notified first thing when new episodes come out. And all Um, of those likes and hearts definitely feed our demonic energy and give us what we need to do these episodes so make sure you are yes. hitting those little hearty heart 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 buttons yes please thank you very much um but yeah guys also i just want to say that all of our homies have been so awesome and you guys we love chatting with you guys and the response has been really great and yeah we just We love doing this, so we are so happy that you guys enjoy listening, and we hope that we can keep on doing this for a long, long time. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you guys have been super great. Thank you so much yeah. for the support so far. Like, you've made starting this podcast an amazing experience for us, and we just love getting more homies for the crew. So tell your <laughs> friends, share the podcast, 
talk to us. Let's keep this community growing because it's 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 awesome to watch this little project bud into something amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is great, and the horror community is amazing. So. We are so happy to be part of it, and we hope that you guys are happy that we are here. But, yeah, that is it for us homies. We will see you guys on the next one. But other than that, have a good one. Catch you later. Bye.